You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Australia is a country full of wonder and awe. From the Great Barrier Reef to the Sydney Opera House to Blue Mountain National Park, there are countless sites that make Oz the beautiful place that it is. And yet Australia is also home to dangerous and even deadly phenomena. It's become something of a running joke that everything in Australia is trying to kill you. Be it land or sea, there's bound to be something venomous lurking just around the corner. For example, the blue-ringed octopus contains a bite that doesn't hurt at first. Until 10 minutes later when the victim suddenly can't breathe or swallow. And then there's the taipan, one of at least 100 venomous species of snakes in Australia. Its bite contains enough venom to kill over 100 people. Lucky for us, it lives in remote parts of the country and doesn't really interact with humans all that much. And yet, the one place people don't tend to worry about? The sky. After all, what could be so harmful up there, except maybe the UV index? Well, his name is Hector and he likes to pay a visit to one particular part of Australia every afternoon. Hector was first spotted during World War II. He moved like clockwork, showing up over the Tiwi Islands off the northern Australian coast. Pilots and sailors would track Hector's position in relation to their own, allowing them to know where they were at all times. Between the months of September and March, at around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Hector arrives in grand fashion. He likes to roll in on the nice days, when the sun is high and the sky is bright blue, bringing with him a bit of unpleasant weather as well. If you haven't guessed by now, Hector isn't a person, or even an animal. He's a cloud, a cumulonimbus thundercloud to be exact, and his constant appearances over the Tiwi Islands is something of a wonder. Typically, only powerful storms like hurricanes are given names. Hector is one of the only thunderstorms in the world to have earned its own moniker, and for one very good reason, because it's always around. So how does Hector manage to visit the same place at the same time each day? That's because of the Tiwi Islands themselves. They're perfectly shaped and situated to allow for Hector's formation. As sea breezes blow in from all directions, those winds converge over the center of the islands and then travel upward. The moisture they carry from the ocean then turns into thick rolling clouds above, capable of unleashing massive amounts of rain over the area. As long as the temperatures are warm enough, then there's a chance that Hector will appear. Unless, of course, there's a monsoon coming, where strong winds prevent the moisture-heavy breezes that form Hector from collecting over the islands. Hector has been known to grow as high as 66,000 feet, bolstered by the area's constant tropical atmosphere. When formed, its shape takes on that of a mushroom or anvil, and it's responsible for the majority of the area's annual rainfall. 
There are a few different forms of Hector, depending on how the winds collide, but the one people are most familiar with, the one that's often caught on camera, is comprised of one large cell or storm cloud that ripples outward along the sides. It blankets the island, bringing not only heavy rains, but strong lightning and even tornadoes. It's not uncommon for island flora, such as trees, to be damaged by Hector. Hector is something of a celebrity now, at least among meteorologists. Its consistent appearance and performance have helped scientists research the factors that contribute to how thunderstorms form. There are countless satellite images and videos of Hector building over the Tiwi Islands, and there exists entire bodies of research on it from prominent meteorological institutions. It's easy to simplify, but honestly, Hector is more than a thunderstorm. It's a mascot, and perhaps the only thunderstorm that people look forward to each day. It's so beloved, it was even given an adorable nickname. Hector the Convector. Three cheers for Hector. Long may he reign. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. It all started with a fishing trip. Just off the coast of Coogee Beach in Sydney, a fisherman named Albert Hobson was struggling with something on his line. He'd caught more than a fish, though. He had hooked a 14-foot tiger shark, otherwise known as the garbage can of the sea, due to its propensity for eating anything in its path. That scene in Jaws, where Hooper cuts open the shark on the dock and pulls out a license plate, that was a tiger shark. Hobson and his son took the shark back to shore with them and decided to gift it to Albert's brother, the proprietor of the local aquarium and swimming baths. The tiger shark was placed in the large tank on display for patrons to see, which would have been enthralling. After all, it wasn't every day that people got to see a tiger shark up close and live to tell the tale. Except there was something wrong with it. It started swimming into the walls, bashing its head against them before sinking to the bottom of the tank. It looked like the shark might not survive. But finally, it vomited up a disgusting array of objects and animal pieces. A rat, a bird, and a lot of bile all came out. And what had started as the death throes of a tortured creature looked nothing more than just a bit of indigestion, until one final morsel found its way out of the shark's stomach. A human arm. A left hand and forearm, to be precise, with a piece of rope tied to it, and it bore a distinctive tattoo of two boxers sparring. Unsurprisingly, it was first believed that the tiger shark had devoured an entire person, or at least most of one. Aside from great whites, tiger sharks are also known as man-eaters, and are known to attack swimmers. However, the police determined that the shark had not, in fact, bitten off the arm. It had merely eaten it. The limb had been hacked off with a knife and then tossed into the ocean. Officers ran its fingerprints and discovered the identity of its owner as one James Smith, which was confirmed later by Smith's brother Edward, who recognized the tattoo in a newspaper photo. James Smith had been an amateur boxer and a low-level criminal who had disappeared a few weeks prior. He'd also been a police informant. The ensuing investigation led police to Reginald Holmes, known in some circles for running con jobs and smuggling operations in New South Wales. Smith had worked for Holmes on several scams, along with a forger named Patrick Brady, The trio had kicked off a check-forging operation that eventually led to Smith blackmailing Holmes, a decision that most likely contributed to his downfall. On April 7th of 1935, the two men were at a hotel playing cards, and that was the last time anyone ever saw James Smith alive. Brady was arrested for the murder, while Holmes told police that he had nothing to do with it. A short time later, Holmes tried to shoot himself in his boat shed only to knock himself out temporarily. He then got into his speedboat and kicked off a police chase in Sydney Harbor. Holmes was eventually captured and treated for his wounds. In June of that year, Holmes agreed to help the police in their investigation. He told them everything, how Brady had been the one to kill Smith and put his body, well, most of it anyway, into a large trunk which he then threw into the bay. Brady then went to Holmes and showed him the arm, telling him that if he didn't give him 500 pounds right then, he would kill him too. Once that threat had been issued, Brady tossed Smith's severed arm into the ocean, 
where it was inevitably found by our shark. Holmes agreed to testify at the trial, but the night before he was set to do that, someone paid him a visit. He was found dead in his sedan the following morning. The scene had been made to look like a suicide, yet it was clear to the police that he had been silenced by someone else. Without a body to examine, nor a witness to testify, Brady was acquitted. His freedom was short-lived, though. The second he stepped out of the courthouse, the police slapped cuffs on him again, this time for forgery. The murder is still considered unsolved to this day, with Brady having proclaimed his innocence until his death in 1965. All we can do is speculate that it was committed by someone who was, by all accounts, armed and dangerous. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.